The Sportzilla Show starts now. I am Lance Catamaran. I'm Clint Bobsky. Clint, of course, short for Cameron, which is what my father told me. And my father also told me to live your life to the fullest. Always get an oil change. Beware of time travel and buy shirts. How did we give this guy airtime? What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'll have each and every one of you know that I was a desk anchor in Utica, New York, for their local broadcast news for six Six weeks, six whole weeks, 36 days. And now I'm here, these amateurs. Get your- you don't get the show. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I'm just going to go in hard on Garrett Cole, Scoop. But I'm not quite yet because we have to just... Uh, well, we just have to deal with something that came up. Okay, all right. I, I don't know where you're going with this. I thought when I initially saw the headline that it was going to be one of those, well, that's 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 an ironic. That's just a complete and blatant Alanis Morissette version of irony. But then he was, what's the word I'm looking for? He was honest. He was, he kept it real. He was honest with himself. He looked in the mirror and he said, this is what it is. Talking about the man who yells a lot, Stephen. Oh, okay. A. Smith. All right. Stephen A. Smith. He's one of these guys who likes to congratulate himself for keeping it real and and speaking his mind. And okay, congratulations, Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. I believe is also one of the highest paid with telling it like it is. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations. You tell it like it is. I, I, so proud of that, aren't you? He's he's well. I mean, we're all wrong about a lot of things. It's not exclusive. To I him. actually I actually enjoy listening to him. It just when he yells. Just, why does he have to yell all the time though? When he yells, it's like my dad in 1975. It's like dad, have a drink, do something, take it easy, relax. Come on. Stephen A. Smith came out with the five most annoying people in sports, and I would like to share with you these wonderful 45 seconds. If I could. The five most annoying people in all of sports. Number five on the list. Give it to me. The New York Knicks. Why? Because they stink. That's yep. why. Let's get to number four on the list. Give it to me. You just saw Baker Mayfield. Why? Because guess why? You got more commercials than victories. Let's go to number three on the list. Give it to me. Antonio Brown. Why? Because he's Antonio Brown. That's why. Let's get to number two on the list. Oh, yeah. Why? Because this damn fan base acting like they won, acting like they're relevant, acting like they're a championship team, and they ain't won a damn championship since 1985. Let's go to number one on the list. Guess who? Me. Why? Because I'm Stephen A. That's why. Yeah, he's right about that, though. I just want you to know that he's right about that. I'm sorry. Number one was. If Lord. We, we could just. Uh... Let's go to number one on the list. Guess who? Me. Stephen A, that's why. Because I tell it like it is, that's why. Because I don't hesitate. Because I'm going to bring the rain. And I'm not going to deny the fact that when you are me, when you are me, you can get on everybody's damn nerves. Not just Dallas Cowboy fans, but everybody. I'm not stupid. I know. I'm the number one most annoying person in all of sports. I just don't care. That's my top five. I would have actually been okay if he omitted himself and said Skip Bayless. I also would have given an honorable mention to Doug Gottlieb because this is Syracuse and that's just the way it is. 
Uh, but then I could also throw in a second honorable mention, and I'm sorry to do this, but Susan Waldman, she's about to make her appearance because also you might have noticed that the Yankees weren't on that list, Scoop. A lot of people feel that way about Yankees fans. Patriots fans weren't on that list. Yeah, either. yeah, really. And I mean, that's a shocker too. I actually were. Duke fans weren't on that list. Ohio I, State fans. We could go on and on and on. Yeah, that could Alabama have, fans. That could have been the top hundred, and we wouldn't run out of things to talk about. I wore a Yankees uh, beanie, if let, you want to call it that. Let today. me just ask a, a question from left field. Okay. Why has nobody? Why has nobody given Stephen A. Smith like a? throat lozenge endorsement <laughs> or like that dude has to completely roach his throat after every show yeah yeah i mean he is like and that's just tv he's like a slipknot he's like a slipknot concert on sports talk tv and radio max cavallero of sepultura he's not like, that he, anybody will get that reference but he's he basically if you ever hear metal music where he's like Rah! that's him yeah. uh, i'm gonna need one after i bring Evil Susan Waldman into this because Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees, Brian Cashman and all things related broke the internet. We were speculating yesterday, okay, 7245 for Steven Strasburg. He's going to blow that out of the water. Now the market is set. It's a Scott Boris client. What is Garrett Cole going to get? Matt even said, the glue guy said, going to hit 300 million. I'm like, I don't know, but we left it speculating. It's got to be 290 ish. Right in the millions of dollars. Boy, did they sail north of that. Not even close. Not even close. Garrett Cole is now, uh, according to what Matt handed me, the second highest player in New York of any sport in annual average salary at $36 million. Kevin Durant will make 41 He is making 41 but he's injured. You know what's funny about this list? There's only one football player on this whole list. Well, I, I yeah. thought this list of the uh, top salaries in New York was very interesting. Number one, because... It, it's the top ten, I believe, here. There's no Jets. No. That's what I mean. There's only one football player. Eli. There's no hockey players on there either. Nope. Yeah. But Panarin, uh, Brad, he, he makes 11 mil for the Rangers, and but that's not even close. I mean, $20.7 million is the bottom of the list that we're looking at. Let's put and, it that way. And that's uh, Julius Randle. Yeah, $20.7 million, and that's a bit of an overpayment. That team is terrible. I don't even want to get into the Knicks yet. We'll do that in our final segment. But are you ready for her? She's, Can we keep it PG? Of course. Okay. I had to tell myself that before when I was planning for, on this. For those of you who don't know, Rain does walk around from time to time All here the time. in the studios doing the Susan Waldman voice. And it's not always PG-13. No, it's it's triple X-rated off of the air. I have to even be careful when we go to commercial a little bit for those that are watching on the Twitch oh, channel. the things that have been said about Derek Jeter and Susan Waldman's voice. Twitch.tv <laughs> slash Q Sports Talk. There's my Yankees hat. Uh, oh, no, it's filthy. It's remember the, <laughs> remember the gift packs that were allegedly left for uh, paramours of Derek Jeter if they would come over to his place? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to do that right now. I won't even Consolation do Consolation prizes. I'm going to try to refrain from doing that during the commercial break. You also do a good John Sterling. Uh, that's baseball, Susan. That's uh, baseball, Susan. So, yeah, are you ready for this? Because I figure all things kind of always go back to the situation where Roger Clemens had re-signed and he was in George Steinbrenner's box. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the most exciting thing since Derek Jeter. That, that's how she sounds to me. But th- this is the type of thing that got her just excited. And, and I can prove it to you. She grammed it. 
Did know, she? She grammed it. She Instagrammed it. Susan Waldman, the radio color commentator for Yankees broadcast, has an Instagram. Now, this past season, Meredith Morakovitz. Does uh, she have a Finsta, too? Uh, a fake Insta? Yes. <laughs> I hope that's nasty. I just really do. It probably is. First of all, <laughs> Susan Waldman can sing. Like, she is an op. Yeah, I saw her singing Broadway show tunes on her Instagram. I'll give credit where it's due. She can sing. Susan Waldman also is a groundbreaking pioneer as far as female broadcasters. I will give her credit for that also. But in my humble opinion, she's just absolutely the worst, period. I think it's awful. She's awful to listen to. John Sterling and the, and the Hokey Calls, I can deal <laughs> so with that. So you give phrase in one sentence, and then she's the worst in the next sentence. <laughs> yeah, she's great at show tunes <laughs> with this baseball thing. I don't know. It's a backhanded compliment, but she's just, I just find her insufferable to listen to. And I'm sure there I are love. people that feel the same about me. Everybody has people that love them or hate them that work in broadcasting. But I two mean, things I love. I love how wound up she gets you. Oh. And secondly, I love Meredith Morakovitz. Love Meredith Morakovitz. Well, Meredith Morakovitz, I think, is the one that got her to create an Instagram account because all of a sudden it pops up during this past season. And they're like buddies. They're like travel buddies on the road. They're in Baltimore. They're at Boog's Barbecue before the game. They're traveling around the city. They're shopping. They're John's probably sick of hanging out with her. He gets enough during the game. They, so well, they has go, got to hang with Meredith. Yeah. Hey, John, do you want to go get some lunch? Uh, no, Susan. I don't think I'd like to spend any more time with you than I have to. <laughs> I'm just going to call Meredith, and we're going to go do some girl stuff. And that's what they do. They go shopping. They go to all the touristy places in whatever city that the Yankees are visiting. And it's documented now. Go check it out. But she Instagrammed the Garrett Cole sighting. I mean, it blew up the Internet. It was on. It was a lead story on Good Morning America. That's how you know it's even bigger than sports. When Mrs. Ray knows about it, then she can actually pretend she cares about all the sports stuff I constantly babble about. Well, there you have it. Garrett Cole, a record deal, nine years. There's an opt-out after five scoop. I don't think by the time he's going to be in his mid-30s, 34-ish, by the time you get there, who's going to pay him, what, $38 million a year? I don't know. I mean, if he, if he pops a couple Cy Youngs, has a really good season, maintains his health overall, I still don't think there's going to be about $180 million left on the table after the fifth year. Can I ask uh, John and Susan how they feel about the signing of Garrett Cole? I don't care as long as they win the World Series. Yeah, that's baseball, Susan. It's the economics of the game. You can't control these things. It's market value. I remember one time, Susan, that you, you wouldn't stop talking, so I interrupted you. He's rude to her sometimes, and it makes oh, me laugh is. out loud. Oh, yeah, that's hysterical when they get short with each other during the game. Oh, I love yeah. it because they're around each other so much. They're almost like a married couple. You know, there's times when you could tell they're on one another's nerves. Well, it it's funny when she starts a story in the first inning, and it's still continuing into the third. Because he keeps and, cutting her yeah, off. Yeah, he just keeps cutting her off for the actual baseball broadcasting. And he has to, he'll he tell a story himself, and then he'll have to call five pitches before the, he gets to the end of it. You know something, John? You never let me finish my stories. Why don't you do that, John? Well, that's baseball, Susan. The okay. game takes precedence. And she has to wave at him in the postgame to... to to let him know that she's ready to do her post-game and it's interview. it's funny, too, because he's like, uh, I think I'm finding Susan. Oh, there she is. She's waving. <laughs> I think I found Susan. Sports Illust Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Blue Guy, Matt, Scoop, and Rain. See, Ta- now, we just gave you examples. You can tell that we listen to Yankees baseball on the radio. So, 
All the time. Advertise on Yankees baseball. Absolutely. It's, it's on the brother station, uh, our brother station TK. You can look into that. I think the offices are open right now. Somebody can take your call. The more you advertise on Yankees baseball, the more furniture I can buy for my apartment. That's what I'm talking about. Because when about. I have a girl over, it would be nice to have her to sit on something other than me. Not that I'm complaining. So the most important question right now, according to what I've read on Twitter, is Luke Voigt, who is currently number 45, going to give up his number. What is Garrett Cole going to have to pay for that number if they want to have a little fun? Sometimes if a guy's got a certain number and he's the big free agent guy, the new guy coming in, they'll do things like that. Some guys will just say give up the number. If it's if it's a player that doesn't matter per se, but Luke Voigt's been established with that number. Garrett Cole is married, and isn't his wife, wasn't she, wasn't she like BFFs with Kate Upton? She might be. So maybe uh, you get a Kate Upton selfie. There you go. Ooh, that's not bad. It, that's some good he bribery. has $36 million. I'm sure he can find some kind of number. I'll to... just give you a million, give you the number. Can you imagine? That's like nothing now. That's insane. Uh, he's had that number with the Pirates and with the Astros. Is he going to wear that with the Yankees? Make 45 iconic. How many number 45 Yankees jerseys are, are, are have been sold since what? Just before midnight last night when this news broke? Bet you they've sold a, a, at least a hundred games with seven plus innings pitched and one earned run or fewer allowed in 2019. Garrett Cole, how many? Twelve. All of the Yankees' other pitchers combined from last year, eleven. This is a serious upgrade. Uh, Matt said maybe it's been two years in the making. I said it's at least been a year in the making. Maybe that's why they didn't go in on that extra year for Pat Corbin, for example. Well, it was a couple of years ago when they started really hammering down on these analytics and going, "Well, we're not going to spend as much." They probably had this idea hatched then. They knew when Garrett Cole is a free agent, we are going to target him. Also, it's kind of funny to watch Mets Twitter and Mets fans going a little bit ballistic about this. So Garrett Cole, nine years, 324. Steven Strasburg, seven years, 245. Jacob deGrom won the last two Cy Young Awards. The Mets... Five years, 137.5. That's it. That's the deal. That is an awesome, awesome contract with the new economics of baseball for the New York Mets. Don't complain. At least it wasn't the Phillies, though, who signed him. Yeah, well, that's true, too. Best. I mean, you're talking about Jacob DeGrom's clearly the best pitcher in the National League. He's proven it two years in a row by getting the Cy Young. I mean, the one two years ago, he won 11 games, but he was that good winning 11 games. Normally, you got to be up there in 18, 19, 20 range. To get that. I mean, it's just remarkable. That is an absurd amount of money. The Yankees are back to being the evil empire, and I don't care. So did George descend from the heavens and make this deal? Is it one of those situations where I, I swear I felt his presence? He was here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think I'm still in George Steinbrenner's box, and I think he was here, and he, he made a mention of maybe we should sign Gary Cole. I'm going to have to pass that along to Hank and Hill. Oh, you go ahead and do that, Susan. <laughs> You do whatever it is you do. Do you think John answers phone calls from Susan during the offseason? Hello, Susan. Oh, I didn't get your call. Don't you have caller ID, John? Uh, I do, and whenever I see your number, I don't answer it until spring <laughs> training. Because you're annoying. Okay. I'm just happy that Garrett Cole's a Yankee. The Sportzilla Show, back after this, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. On Saturday, after the SU-Georgetown game, it's the Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW basketball postgame with Seth, Seth Everett and Eric Devendorf. Devendorf, oh my God. 
I should just give this radio thing off uh, up. I'll tell you, because I, I can't say anything right in 15 seconds. Both of those gentlemen, who I mispronounced their names, will be taking your calls, and you'll also get to hear the Jim Boheim press conference. <laughs> Well, she didn't spell it wrong like they did to Buddy's jersey last year. You remember, yeah, remember that? that? Yeah. Was Oops. it Bame or something like that? It, was, it wasn't right. It Seth was, Everett and Eric Devendorf. It was incorrect, sir. On Saturday after the Georgetown game. Scoop, you know what they say, right? Switch gears. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Garrett Cole's contract, by the way, uh, Matt, little guy. This yeah. is a good find. Nearly four NHL teams worth of payroll. Insane. Break this down. Nine... Years versus one, though, not a comparison. It makes no sense. Follow-up tweet, bingo, but going with his annual salary being somewhere between 40% of an entire team's annual payroll is the tweet he was looking for. Wow. Think about that. It's just crazy. I mean, obviously you're comparing two different sports, but still, that's bizarre. Well, the NHL is, you know, the fourth sport, really. Yeah. And there are guys in that sport who are making millions of dollars. You know, Ovechkin, oh, Panarin, who you just mentioned a little oh, while ago. 11 million. But it, it pales in comparison to these MLB, NBA, NFL salaries. I think NFL is probably third in that right now. It seems like I would agree. It seems like some of the ridiculous Major League Baseball and basketball contracts. There's the Supermaxes in the and NBA are crazy. those are fully guaranteed. Too. Yes. The NFL, they can find a way to let you go. You might have to eat a little, little dead money on the cap, but still... I, I think the players, is, uh, the players' association is going to work to change that. Yeah, I think something's got to got to give at some point. Billion dollar corporate welfare organization doesn't have that, doesn't pro- provide that for their players, and can't get referees that know how to call interference and know what a touchdown or when somebody's inbounds or not. Connor McDavid. Panarin and Austin Matthews, for example, three of the highest paid players in the NHL. I mean, I'm not throwing Sidney Crosby in there, but Cole's annual average value is actually higher than those three, for example, combined. They're at the upper tier of salary in the National Hockey League. Wow. That's insane. And you throw Connor McDavid in there. Yeah. One pitcher in Major League Baseball history has had at least 325 strikeouts, fewer than 150 hits allowed in a single season, and that is Garrett Cole last year. The money is absurd, but the fact remains this is uh, arguably a one of the three best pitchers in Major League Baseball, if not the best overall. It is a substantial move and a shifting of power in the American League in Major League Baseball. The clear-cut favorites are the evil empire at New York Yankees, and I couldn't be happier about that. Well, it's been since 2009 since they've won a World Series. They've they've come That's 50 close. years in Yankee time, though. That's forever. Like That's not... I am entitled to World Series every decade of my life. That's just the way You're it works. You're entitled to that, are yes, you? Yes, I am. I'm a Yankees fan. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm not entitled to anything, but the fact remains I'm used to it. How's that? I'm spoiled, and I'm used to it because that's my fandom. I'll be fair about this. Patriots fans say the same thing, and then they're a-holes. So. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're crapping on a 10-3 and three team. So this probably means that Dylan Batances is gone, I would Yes. Unless they're able to trade Jay Happ, eat a little salary. Matt's like, what about Giancarlo Stanton? Honestly, I would I would trade him too, but who's going to take that contract? You're stuck with him being basically injured or a DH, serviceable in the outfield for a few years, maybe. But, I, I mean, ugh. that was a shiny new toy at the point, but it's just proven to be, we played seven games last year. I mean, you need more than that. You just do. 
He's too bulky. He's too muscular. He's got to get his body into shape where he can sustain his health. He's too muscular. And there's a point that that happens. I think even Aaron Judge is kind of trying to become more athletic as opposed to when you're six foot six, six foot seven, and you hit the ball, it's going to go over the fence. It's just a fact with how hard they hit and everything else, the launch angle swings. These guys are going to hit their bombs. They got to stay on the field. That's the goal. Giancarlo Stanton has proven he can't do that unless they pay a lot of his salary and he goes to a team that he can DH in the American League. Ultimately, where's he going right now? Where's he going? He's not. Once you got five years down the line, his salary doesn't seem as absurd as it is right now. Maybe there's somebody that'll look at him a late postseason run and they'll deal with the consequences. The Yankees are going to deal with the consequences of a nine-year deal to Garrett Cole with the last couple of years of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just yeah. fact. you know you're going to pay on the back end of these deals. But moving on, switching gears, Sports Illustrated Show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Time to talk NFL Give me the Levy and Bell update, Scoop. People, the people, the two fifty-one. Well, we told you yesterday how the Jets declared Levy and Bell not available because he had the flu. Yeah. So Saturday night, while his teammates were at the hotel getting ready for the game the next day, Levy and Bell went bowling, and they Bo- were Boonton Lanes. By the way, they actually named it. Yeah, that's the name of the place. And he was asked about this because, you know, that's probably a bad look. The optics are bad. You know, you're not with your team. You're supposedly suffering from the flu, and you're at a bowling alley. You know, beer's on the table, drink's on the table. Well, he's asked about it, and and he's quoted as saying, uh, I rolled a 251 off the flu. That's my career high off the sickness. So he started bragging about how he rolled a 251. See, yesterday I said uh, he's like Michael Jordan on the flu. Apparently that's correct. He's a great bowler when he's sick, apparently. Yeah, but how about like running for 251 in a career high on the well, football field? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Jets probably would have uh, enjoyed that and could have used that. Is it fair to say they'll part ways with Le'Veon Bell in the very near future? Well, here's the quote from Coach uh, Adam Gase. I'd rather not... I'd rather him not be bowling. I'd rather him be at home just getting better. That will be a conversation we'll have. He's gone. He's he's just like Gettleman. He's just like Shermer on the Giants. I think Adam Gase will be gone shortly, too. Yeah. Freddie Kittens. Freddie Kittens of Cleveland. There's a... Wait, what is it they call it the day after the Super Bowl? It, uh, Black Monday. Black Monday. You're going to see a lot. Right, uh, the day after the regular season ends. The, yes, the day after the regular season ends. That's right. Oh, you see a lot of these guys just get chopped. They're going to get chopped just like that TV show where they cook. Chopped. I, I Freddie Kittens is gone. I think Shermer is gone without question. You know, the front office of the Knicks should be gone. Different the, sport. The owner should be gone. The owner should be gone. Oh wait, wait, wait! You, you did it yesterday. You kept me on. You kept me on the road where we were going. Let's not steer and veer off. We're going to talk NBA about three forty-five today on the Sports Illustrated Show. Setting you up for the tease. I yeah, see what you did there. It's called a tease. I didn't do that on purpose, though. Yeah, no, it's good though. It was inadvertent, but it really worked <laughs> because I have one last thing for you in relation to football. And specifically the Giants, not Pat Sherman, Dave Gettleman, who, yes, I firmly believe as a fan, trying to be rational and not emotional about it, but it, they, they clearly got to change the culture. They've got to go. And, yeah, you're right about the Knicks, too. But Lawrence Tynes, do you remember Lawrence Tynes? Former kicker. Former kicker, that's right. Very active on Twitter. And he said, he said, he tweeted, why every time Eli plays is there some sort of 
is he a Hall of Famer debate on sports shows and radio? And I brought up Booger McFarland's comments from Monday night uh, when he was talking about that with Joe Tessitore. And, and I agree he is. You can't look at the win-loss records. He's now, because of that loss, 116 and 117. Lawrence Titans goes on to say, ask yourself this. If he wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it so much. Don't come at me with QB win-loss record. It's the dumbest stat in football. Hashtag Giants pride. That's exactly what we were saying yesterday. You know, there's a, a plethora of reasons why Eli will, whether you like him or not, love the Giants or not, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Look, the three quarterbacks in his draft class, Philip Rivers, himself, and Big Ben, I feel like they're all going to get to the Hall of Fame. They're all going in the Hall of Fame. I At would, some point. I would 100% agree with that. I think their careers are distinguished. Philip Rivers is like, like a Dan Marino of this generation. Agreed. He's never won a Super Bowl, but look at the numbers. He's clearly one of the best of his generation. Philip will not be a first ballot. Uh, I think Ben will be, and I think Eli should be. Absolutely. It's going to happen. Yeah. It kills me to say that, too. Because of the two Super Bowls against the Patriots. Yes. When you get it done against the Patriots, who are the dynasty of the last 20 years, it, it kind of... I mean, it answers the argument for you. I feel very ill. I need to go. Oh, stop it. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1, the SportsZilla Show, and we'll be right back. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Before we move on and switch gears to some basketball, college basketball, including Doug Hughes, obviously. You're on a short leash, mister. Giants Janoris Jenkins tweets an insult to a fan during practice. Janoris Jenkins, not even on the field, shouldn't be tweeting, yet he was tweeting, and he insulted a member of the fan base. Janoris also is somebody, and partially this is because of salary. I do not expect him to be a New York Giant next year. I believe he will be moved on from because they've also they drafted quite a bit of secondary help that's very young that they're trying to groom right now because and is ultimately cheap because they were drafted yeah and it's clearly a rebuilding year for the giants if you want to or a, just a horrible year for the giants but scoop janoris jenkins this tweet this is really you can't even say one of the words on the air and i wouldn't but i can only do my job our word he said to a fan and pat Shermer later says I was just made aware of it as I was going through the injury report, and he shouldn't be tweeting during practice. Now, he's got in trouble in the past with Twitter after a Browns game. Uh, the game we went to back in 2016, yeah. he tweeted some smack talk and, and I think some cuss words maybe, obscene. I remember uh, and, discussing that in your third row from the end zone season tickets to the Cleveland he, he, Browns, sir. He tweeted at Terrell Pryor some nasty. He did. I don't know. And I think there's well, there's a lot of numbers. He's spin doctoring numbers to make himself look like he's been better than he is. He's had a couple of good games overall, but for the most part, very underwhelming for what was expected when he initially signed that contract. He needs a job next year. He's going to need a job next year. He absolutely is. Okay, now we can switch gears, crossover to the basketball court. Houston Georgetown rivalry is still strong. Jim Beheim talked to us yesterday. We have him on every single Tuesday. I just wanted to refresh your memory really quickly with Scoop's setup question. What did Jim Beheim say about Georgetown? Because as you know, if you've been paying attention, there's a lot going on with that program off the court. Size up what you're going to deal with in this troubled Georgetown program you've got to face. They don't have trouble. They're, they're <laughs> playing the best they've played all year. 
their trouble equated with two guys leaving that weren't helping the team, and now they have guys that are helping the team. So they're a much stronger team now than they were before. It was addition by subtraction. They got rid of a couple guys that weren't contributing that were actually hurting the team, and so now they're a better team, and it's, we have our hands full down there with George Kell. He made us he made us giggle a little bit. I but, like Surly, Coach Bayheim. He's, he's right though, but this this rivalry, it's not a big East rivalry anymore. But it will always matter. Georgetown Syracuse will always matter to this fan base. And this year, if the Orange can get a win over Georgetown, that's going to be a good quality win. It is. They're a good team, as he said. They're playing their best basketball. It, you know, the concern is when you have legal issues and players wanting to transfer, which is what's happening to Pat Ewing in his second year at Georgetown, sometimes a, a team can crumble. It didn't. It galvanized them. They've rallied around this. And as he said, you cut the cancer out, so to speak, and this team is playing better than they have at any point this season. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Well, by the way, we don't have Tyus Battle, though, who has helped uh, to bring victory over Georgetown the past couple of years. If you remember, though, uh, Georgetown and Pearl Washington Day and that celebration of Pearl's life. Mike Hopkins was forced into head coaching, and they did beat the Orange that day. Just looking back at some of the memories, most recent memories of this rivalry, it, it's going to be very good. They did lose two of their top five scorers, though, so you, you hope the defense is at its best for Syracuse. That 2-3 zone is really cooking. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and Coach is, I don't think, ever going to really – diss a team that we're about to play. That's just not his style. But Georgetown really has rallied in the wake of these issues that are facing the team and the, the two guys leaving, the allegations and the, the legal issues. Uh, they've played two of their best games, I think, since that's happened. We, we talked to GMAC about that on Monday. So they are going to be a formidable uh, opponent, and Look, it's, it's almost, I mentioned to Matt, the glue guy yesterday, that it's, it's almost Belichickian, even though uh, Bayheim's been around longer. It's almost Belichickian to uh, talk up your opponent, talk about the good things they do. You're not going to put any bulletin board material out there. It's not the style of this. Because teams do it to themselves, and it only hurts them. I'm not well, concerned look at about my what's Cleveland on the I'm not concerned about what's on the bulletin board. I'm just going to focus on the game. Look at Freddie Kitchens wearing the Pittsburgh T-shirt. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you're not going to see Belichick do. You won't see Coach Payheim ever do that. Yeah, it's not a smart move. So Pat Ewing, obviously his uh, team is rallying around him as the coach. Would he be a good Knicks coach? Yes, but I want Mark Jackson first, I think. I, I don't know what the status is of Pat Ewing and Georgetown, but I, I would not have a problem with either one simply because, as I explained the other day, it, it's a culture thing. It's an understanding New York thing. It's having success on the Knicks. It's their their pride for wearing the Knicks uniform when the team was good. And I think they want to bring that back. They understand what it's like to be a New York Knick and be successful at it. Can we go into this Knicks thing a little bit? Next segment. Okay. Next segment, and I'll tell you why. Because we're up against a break, but Louisville became the latest oh, yeah. number one to lose and I don't want to not talk about this. I, we, we've got to bring this up. It's, I watched this game. This is the Louisville is the fourth top ranked team to lose this season, joining Michigan State, Kentucky, and Duke. Now, what was the other tidbit you had on that? Well, we're going to head into Week Seven with 
our fifth top-ranked team, and the record is from 1983 when there were eight different teams atop the AP poll. Well, we're already we're just six weeks into this season, so, and look, it just seems to be the way of the season that these number ones are getting knocked off. So you're hoping and praying you're not number one this next coming week. <laughs> yeah, Texas uh, Texas Tech was up, as you pointed out, Scoop, down seven to up three at the half, and then they put Louisville away in the second half. And Texas Tech, national championship game last year, we forget about that, but they've had a an up-and-down season. And you never expected them to be in the Final Four, and it seems like some years there's, there's almost those handful of clear-cut best teams in the country with this many number ones losing. This isn't one of those years. This is one of those years where you're like, I really wonder who it's going to be when we get into March Madness and tournament time and all of that. This is going to be an interesting season. Some of the quote-unquote supposedly best teams in the country are losing on a very regular basis, almost every other week, basically. Texas Tech is one of those teams, they work hard. They always work hard. They don't let up. You know, in hockey, they talk about players taking a shift off. That's not the identity of this team. So they can sneak up on some of these teams that have some superstars and some great athletes who might not be playing very well as a team who haven't really gelled. Sleeper teams, you underestimate opponents. You'll see that. You look past opponents. You see that happen all the time. And the next thing you know, it bites you in the butt. And they can beat you because they outwork you. That's exactly right. Because you're thinking, ah, we got this one. But you don't got this one. You've got to play hard for the entire 40 minutes of a college basketball game. Start to finish. You can't take a playoff. As you said, Scoop, you're absolutely right. You can get after me about these Knicks. We'll do it next. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Watch the next chapter in the Syracuse-Georgetown rivalry with some of the guys who have written the past on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. While you watch the game on TV or listen on TK99, pull up twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk to hear live reaction from Syracuse legends Roosevelt Bowie, Lawrence Moten, and Eric Devendorf, joined by Central New York's Nico Tamurian. And that'll all be happening from the Armory Square Studios of Galaxy Media Partners. Tune in Saturday, 1 p.m. for a Syracuse Georgetown watch party only on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. And that last Twitch party that they did was hilarious. Great commentary, really worth the visit. Devo is like. Locked in. Oh, he was, man. Devo is the man. Eric Devo is just focused, passionate, just like his playing days. I love about him. Yeah, those guys are fantastic to watch. So the Celtics, uh, Grant Williams hit a three, and then Jalen Brown and uh, the team called him Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons in year four, right? Blue guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he, he recently hit his first ever three-pointer during a regular season game. He has now hit two. He's not much of a three-point shooter. He's got a really good game. The Sixers are good. But this is what happened. Williams. Now they're in three-point territory. He's going to take it. Yeah! yeah. That kid's going to be a play. He misses that shot. Look at them. They're all so happy. Yeah, we were calling them Ben Simmons for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he knocked one down, and, and Ben knocked him down, too. So shout-out to both of those guys. I think basically what this means is if you hit your very first 
or if it's a rare occurrence that you hit a three, you're now Ben Simmons. You're now Ben Simmons. You're Ben Simmons. So it's like if you don't shoot free throws, you're Shaq. In the last two months, I have attempted to ball up a piece of paper and on the other side of the room make a garbage pal basket. I just made my first one in like two months, and I even banked it off the glass. And I, in my head, and I, this is not a joke. I didn't verbalize this in studio because we were okay, getting ready ben to go Simmons. there. But I was like. I'm Ben Simmons. <laughs> I felt like Ben Simmons. It was awesome. I felt like I hit a game-winning three-point shot. But how sad is it, though, that you're being so memed as a player, Ben Simmons? It's funny. Is it going to catch on? I guess we're going to find out. Probably. Well, it, maybe he could make some more threes and change the narrative. That's exactly what he makes some shots, hit some threes. It's the way of the game. Mello uh, played the Knicks. The Portland Trailblazers actually played the Knicks last night, his former team, one of his former teams. 16 points. He had a little bit of a rough night shooting. It wasn't uh, it wasn't percentage-wise a great shooting night for him. But he slimmed down. Matt and I were talking about this. He looks a little bit slimmer, a little bit less muscular and bulky, a little bit more athletic. Of course, with age, he'd have to do that. Probably makes it easier on the knees. I noticed him moving the basketball a little bit more than he used to with the focus on the ISO game for Carmelo. But the commentators during the game, I watched the game last night, were going off about how the narrative in the locker room in Portland, and that it has permeated and spread across the league, is they love that Carmelo is playing. He's iconic. He's one of the best, very best players of this past decade and a half of his generation. He's a no-doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. Marcus Morris, tell everybody what he said, glue guy. Yeah, former Celtic and current Nick right now. He's talked about uh, Carmelo Anthony and how much of a, of a shame it was that Carmelo wasn't on a team for that long year and basically saying other players couldn't even tie Carmelo's shoes. And Scoop, there's... That's a lot of respect right there. It's absolutely right, and that's just proving my point. The Athletic had an article about Carmelo and the narrative during that time off going back to the Knicks. Uh, Dolan's the problem, and you said to me the Knicks blew it. Well, the gist of that piece in the Athletic was there was a discussion between Carmelo, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving about... Going to the Knicks. Carmelo returning to the Knicks. So that was maybe on the table, maybe being discussed. And, of course, we had all those front office folks in the Knicks telling us they were going to make some big moves in the offseason, which leads me to believe that was at least one of the conversations they were having that they didn't get done. That was one of the deals that they didn't get done, one of the things they didn't make happen. And, look, I... If you are an NBA player, if you are Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, I think ultimately not even Carmelo Anthony can talk you into going to the Knicks because of what this team has turned into. It's become a graveyard for careers, for basketball careers. It's a laughing stock, and it's it's a tragedy considering it's the biggest media market. Also because it's my favorite team, I'm biased. It's just sad. Jim Dolan has got to sell this team. So we're about to get you on the block with Brent Axe, the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Just know this, Scoop, there's been four coaching changes in the NHL since the Detroit Red Wings, your favorite team, last won a game. We can go to break. See you tomorrow.